All right, welcome into the Fit Parent Podcast. We officially have the the logo stuff on there as of this recording. You'll have already seen it, but it looks very cool. I like it. It is um, super cool. Yeah, so I'm really excited about that. Excited about all the things coming down the pipe. Um, so this is actually going to be our second attempt at this topic. This was the first one that we ever recorded that didn't record, and I'm looking and we're good to go. <laughs> uh, so hopefully this this records how we, we want it to. And we're going to dive right in. Um, but it's actually appropriate that we talk about it today, um, given uh, actually what I, my post is about today, because I was just thinking about it, uh, which is, and you'll, we'll talk about this as we get going. But the idea that we're talking about today is this is the key ingredient to actually sticking with your health, fitness, nutrition, everything goals long-term. And the idea is uh, people, you know, say start with why, right? There's a famous book, start with why, right? There's, there's this concept of start with why, mm -hmm. like you need a why that drives what is your why? you. you know, what is your why for doing this? But I think that people um, don't flesh this out in the correct way. And mm -hmm. it's, it feels a little bit too nebulous and not as specific and in drivable as, as it ought to be. And so it's easy to neglect it at some point, mm -hmm. right? Because the idea behind the why is you go back to that when it gets hard, right? Like mm -hmm. my, my why is more important than my desire to quit. Like I, it, it's, it's too important for me to quit. But if we don't get super specific with it, if we don't get yeah. super tangible with it, um, we we likely won't be able to um, mm -hmm. keep coming back to it. So That's accurate. The and it's actually appropriate given kind of what we're talking about for what you're doing this weekend and and what I'm going to be doing next week. So let's start there. What are you doing this weekend? Uh, I'm going to ride the Polar Express with my kid and I'm, I think I might be more excited than she is. And yeah. I've spent the week making matching um, hoodies for, cause we're going with our, <laughs> with our chosen family. So a friend of mine from high school, her wife, their two kids, we've made matching hoodies. Well, coordinating hoodies. They're all the same color. And John designed different elf quotes to go on them. Like from the movie elf? From the movie. Mm -hmm. What, which one is yours? Wait, wait, before uh, you go, I want to I wanna see if I can guess it. Okay. I want to see if I can guess it. You're cotton-headed ninny muggins. No, but that's one of the kids. <laughs> okay. that's a, I like that one. Mine <laughs> is, um, we elves try to stick to four main food groups. Candy, cane, cane, <laughs> and syrup. <laughs> and John's is, it's just a picture of a dog head, and inside the dog head says, good news, I saw a dog today. <laughs> I used to answer the phone for the longest time. Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? I made Emma shirt last year that says, Emmy the Elf, what's your favorite color? It's like one of the most quotable movies ever, ever. Emma and I watched it a couple of weeks ago in preparation for like deciding what quote we wanted. And she had three pieces of paper double-sided with quotes that she's like, all of these could work, Mom. Like, it's one of those things. It's one of those movies where you watch it and you're like, I didn't realize how many of the quotes that I say are from this movie. You know what the other one is? It's like same era. It was Dodgeball. 
If you can dodge a wrench, you can, you can dodge, dodge a ball. But like balmy blazer like i didn't realize that that was the thing but we just said it all the time yeah or um what i sent this to a to a buddy last night it's a bold move cotton we'll see if it pays off for him like oh. it, so uh, many what, quotes from that movie espn 8 the ocho mm-hmm. so good anyway so yeah good. so you're going to uh, the Polar Express this weekend. I'm excited to hear about your experience because I'm going to a different one. So there's two yes. in our state because that's just like, that's the most New England, New Hampshire most thing New ever is, is to have two different Polar Express trains. Completely and we've never done it either. We were supposed to go last year, but it was like a crazy snowstorm. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to drive to North Conway. Oh, especially not if you have to go up 16 to get to Conway. Yeah. It's miserable. Just not, not in the mood to do that. And so we didn't end up going. So we're just taking our oldest because the twins are a little too young. To they're they're too young. They're not going to understand on. it. And uh, I'm really excited about it. I think he's, he's like getting to an age where he like kind of starts to get a little bit of these things. Like when we took mm-hmm. him to see Santa, he was like excited about it. Like the twins were kind of like, whatever, you know, they, they yeah. said, but like Levi was excited about it and told him what he told him what he wanted for for Christmas mm-hmm. and then we they did the Christmas parade uh in Exeter and we again we got a babysitter um just to watch uh the twins so that we could just take Levi because again we were mm-hmm. like it's outside it's cold the twins are gonna get it, it and Levi was like stoked like loved yeah. it like oh look there's rudolph look there's the grinch and and mm-hmm. frosty and all and santa came and he was mm-hmm. he was excited so i think he's gonna be pretty amped about you know who else is coming on our trip today um emerson's elf sarah oh my gosh. she's packed and ready to go <laughs> that's the most ridiculous thing. like Oh my goodness! I'm like I'm so elf. terrified to do like to that we're gonna get forced into this elf on the shelf thing. And I know I you told, told you this. It is not your decision. It is. It, it, I'm. That, that, I did. I didn't get it. to choose how many kids we have. I'm putting my foot down on, good luck. Good luck. on the I elf my thing. Multiple times we were not doing the elf, and then we're not doing. Everson it. got the elf one year from my mother. I'm like, God damn it, Debbie. <sighs> Just, but it's actually it ended up being a lot of fun, but I'm it's sure. still it's just a lot of yeah. Just I'm just waiting there for are the other morning things. like where I'm Emma's nine. I'm waiting for her to be like, This isn't real, is it? Like this is you and dad, but so far she's like, Can you believe what Sarah did Spoiler today? Alert for people like earmuffs if you have kids. Jeez, Amy, this but, is a family friendly. No, it's not, but it's yeah. whatever. Um, I mean we don't say anything wrong, but kids have to. Yeah, yeah. you should know. You should know. Um, okay. So this is an interesting concept. Why are we talking about the Polar Express? So no, the idea behind Star- <laughs> the Christmas self. The idea is instead of start with why, you need to identify both your point A and your point B. So on a train ride, right? You have where you're starting and where you're going. And where you're, and people oftentimes might do the the point B, like oh, I have some goals and things like that. We'll talk about point B in mm-hmm. a minute. Like oh, I'd like to be, you know, wait, or you might even go a little bit deeper, like oh, I want to be able to play with my kids or whatever it is, and and we'll talk mm-hmm. about that in a little bit. But people oftentimes neglect point A, mm-hmm. and 
because the reason why point A is so important, where you're starting is so important is if I was going to tell you, all right, I'm going to North Conway. How do I get there? Mm-hmm. If you don't know where I am, or let's use a more ubiquitous example for people who don't live in New Hampshire. That's also one of my favorite words, by the way, ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. It's like I, I learned it in seventh grade in like a vocabulary thing, and I use it all the time because it just sounds mm-hmm. so fancy. Um, but like <laughs> if, I was, if I was saying, all right, we got to go to New York City. Yeah. If you don't know where where I'm coming from, you can't give me directions. So even though that might be the everybody, you know, we're trying to end up there, the way to get there is different depending on where you're starting. Mm -hmm. So it's essential for us to identify our starting place and then identify our our goal destination because Mm -hmm. then we can figure out the path to get there. So we have to identify the starting place. And the other part of it is it's it's hard. It's hard to own your starting place because we don't like it. Yes. It's uncomfortable, but documenting the starting place is really the only way to identify how far you've come. Mm -hmm. So this was, this is a cool story um, from two days ago. Uh, Linda who works out at, at the gym, who has been in small group stuff since COVID. So whatever, three and a half years. Mm -hmm. And she's, she's worked really, really hard, like Mm -hmm. really, really, really hard over those three and a half years. And she's, she's lost a lot of weight that she needed to lose for her health. Mm -hmm. And, um, and she came in on Wednesday and she showed me her photos from, it was probably three and a half, four years ago. And then from a week ago. And she was They're like, I'm, beautiful. It's, it's stark. Like, yeah. And I'm, I've known her this entire time. And you, it's just, you don't see it until you see the A. Yes. Sorry. No, <laughs> no, 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 but that's exactly it. No, no, that was perfect because the idea, like you can't, you don't notice it yeah. as much in the, in the interim right. until you like the only real way to measure your progress is to look back at where you started mm-hmm. and see, all right, I've come a long way from there. So like if I'm, when I did, I did a cross country road trip when I was 22, just got in the car and I was like, I'm going to go, this is quarter life crisis. Right. And just like, I'm yeah, like, like 20, why on earth would you do that? Old. This was a find myself type of oh, journey. So I moved great. cross country and that's a crappy drive. <laughs> well, but it, for me, it was like, I'm going to do, you know, I went to a bunch of, it was, it was a good trip. It was, it was on purpose, but like you get, you get into South Dakota and there's nothing in South Dakota and everybody's it's, it's just, it is barren for that about is. 300 miles. Mm-hmm. Like there is nothing from like you enter the state and there's a couple of little things and then there's nothing until you get to mm-hmm. the other side of the state with Mount mm-hmm. Rushmore and the Badlands. And the only way to make, and it all looks exactly the same. It's just flat and cows and fields. 
but the only and so there's really no way of like knowing in that mm-hmm. moment if you've made any progress because it looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm. The only way to identify if you've made any progress is there's a sign every mile on there that's wall drugstore 100 miles away 99 miles away nine wall drugstore it's like this thing in the middle of nowhere and it's so lame but Mm -hmm. by the time you get to wall drugstore you have to stop him because you've been seeing a sign for it every mile for like six hours and brilliant marketing on on wall drugs it's brilliant but that's the only way to really and again in the in the moment you don't really register it you're like oh i went from 99 to 98 but an hour and a half later you're like oh i remember when it was the 120 miles and i just saw the 40 miles and -hmm. then you get closer and you're like we're almost freaking there man because (laughs) you've 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 seen those but you don't really register it with each individual step Mm-hmm. It's only when you compare it to where you were that you can see how far you come. And and Linda even said, she's like, I don't, I don't even really notice it, even though it's like two different people. It's, like we're talking about, yes. I don't even, I don't know what the number is, but you know, it's, it's certainly more than 50 pounds. It's, it's mm-hmm. potentially into three figures, how much that she's lost. And you you would never if you looked at if you only knew her beforehand and looked at her now you might not even think it's the same person sort of thing like it's 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 that stark but she's in it Mm -hmm. and so the only way to identify how far you've come is to is to know where you started and so you Mm -hmm. have to document the starting place you have to own the starting place Mm -hmm. as sucky as it is Oh, it's so uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable to take those, you know, beginning photos. It's awful. But But you do it. But you do it because there's no other way to to really know, like, have I made any progress? Because you're gonna, Mm -hmm. you're gonna look at you, you're too close to yourself. You Mm -hmm. don't really notice it. It's like your, your hair growing, like you don't really notice your hair growing until one day you're like, I feel like I need a haircut. Yeah, but or until just, someone says to you for women, until someone says to you, oh "My God, your hair is so long." Yeah, but it's not like you don't notice it because it's growing. You see right. it every day, right? Yeah. So you got to own this starting point, and you got to document it as much as it sucks, yeah. and you got to document the journey because you you will be thankful for it on the other side. There is one thing that I regret. Uh, and it's not really regret, but like I took some before photos before I started getting in shape for the wedding. Mm-hmm. But I took them and they were on my old laptop and I didn't transfer them over. So I don't have like my most, I don't really have, like if you, if I ever do like a a before and after photo for me, like the only one that I have, the only photo that I have been able to find of me without a shirt on from the time around the time that I was trying to get back in shape is like super zoomed in. Like I had, like I had, it was I was in the background of a photo from eight years ago that my mother-in-law was taking and I'm like zoom zooms so it's wicked blurry and and mm-hmm. not an angle and 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 whatever. I just don't have any. And it didn't document it. And and I wish that I had, because again, it just mm-hmm. it it shows the progress. So own the starting point and even more so you have to own why you can't stay there. Because if it's a comfortable, we're going to go back to what's comfortable. Mm -hmm. 
change is hard. It's uncomfortable. We, we prefer to end up back where we, where we started. It's, it's a little bit of, I'm going to, I'm going to go a little bit weird here. It's the reason why my kids still struggles to not poop in his diaper. It's because it's comfortable. It's what's known. It's, mm-hmm. it's what he's done his entire life, right? So now, now that we're, we've taught him to potty train, right? He's, he's gone there, but it's, it's the comfortable thing. Like literally from the day, the moment he was born, he was wearing a diaper and he was pooping freely in there. So why does he not poop in the potty and waits until he's got a pull up on when he's sleeping to poop? Because it's what's comfortable for him. Yeah. So we have to identify why, yeah, why we can't stay there. So this is the the best analogy I can give is like, and I've told you this before, like New York City in 2020 when COVID hit, right? Like everybody just bugged out in New York City. And it was, it wasn't like, oh, I'd like to go on a vacation. It was, I can't stay here. Because we didn't know what this was, right? We didn't understand mm-hmm. it. And, and don't want to get into a conversation about whether or not you think COVID was a hoax or whatever. But like, we didn't know what it was. And it was like, if I stay here, I might die. Mm-hmm. Right? That was that was the level that it was. So it was like, I don't even really care where I go. I just have to leave and I can't go back. Mm-hmm. Going back is not an option. So we have to identify why this place is not a place that I ever want to return to. And so this is where I, I think we, we, I'd love to share a little bit of your story because we talked about this. Um, and, and I told, uh, when we first attempted to record this, uh, I said to, uh, my assistant, Olivia, who's fantastic. I said, Amy, Hi, Olivia. Hey, Olivia. Yeah, she's listening to this. I'm <laughs> probably Good. figuring out the show notes and things like that because she does everything. Um, so when I first told her that I was going to have you kind of come on as coast, I was like, Amy's going to come and coast. And she was like, the Amy from <laughs> the, the because she, she'll like edit the, the tweet tiles for my posts. Like once I write them up, she'll just like format them for me. And so she knows of this post that, that I wrote about you, the story that I wrote about you that has been very popular, has been shared by people who who have very large followings um, because I think it resonates with a lot of people um, is is this story for you that was your, your point A. So mm-hmm. can we kind of dig into that a little bit in case people don't know that story, maybe hear it from your perspective? Oh, sure. Um so I've been on some form of diet since I was like seven or eight. It's just it's yeah. been my whole life. Um, but I think like we were kids of the eighties and sugar was not really monitored. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. think about breakfast that we had when we were kids. It was like fruit loops or Apple Jacks or rice Krispies. But the only way to make rice Krispies edible was to pour sugar on top of them. Yeah. So like, it wasn't that we didn't know that sugar was bad. It just, I don't think we realized what we were setting ourselves up for, uh, for the rest of our lives. So I don't know. I've been on some form of, of weight management my entire life and Mm -hmm. I've still been never happy with where I am. That's just, Mm -hmm. I think it's a a large part of a large part of that is just like my emotional 
connection to what I think I should look like versus what I do look like. And anyway, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know. It was when I first started talking with Jeff about this was like almost two years ago at this point, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, I was just at a point where I had tried everything and nothing had, I can't say nothing worked. Everything worked, but it didn't stick. Yeah. And I think that was, I was just so fed up with, you know, trying the new thing. I had done keto. I had done South Beach. I had done Weight Watchers, all of these. And they're all great for what they do. For me, they weren't things that I could sustain. Um, and my biggest hurdle, I think, was that um, my daughter, who's now nine, so she was seven, just over seven at the time, um, she had stopped asking me to play with her, specifically when it came to summertime and pool time. My parents had a pool, and then you know we would go swim at the ocean or go to the lake or whatever. And she would stop, she stopped asking me to come and play with her because she knew that I I wouldn't. And for her, I don't think she realized that it was because of how uncomfortable I felt in my skin, but that's Mm -hmm. 100% what it was for me. And I hadn't made the connection that when I was saying, no, 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 go ask dad, because dad will jump in. Um, I hadn't made the connection that eventually she would just stop asking me. Yeah. And that was like, when she did, it was like a real turning point. Where she just, well, that's, you know, I don't ask you to do that because I know you're not going to. And it's not that I didn't want to, it's that I was so embarrassed by what I looked like. And this is regardless of what size I was. When I was a size four, I was still embarrassed by what I looked like in a bathing suit because it's Mm -hmm. a lot of it is mental. Um, And I'm not a size four anymore. And I'm completely fine with that because Mm -hmm. I have muscles now and things Mm -hmm. never existed. Um, so that was, a, that was my starting point is I got to the point where yeah. I didn't want Emerson to not look to me as someone who would do the things with her Yeah, because I want to do the things with her. I love being with her. I love spending time with her. God, I'll go in her room. She's nine. I'll go and snuggle in while she's asleep and sniff her head still as if she's a baby. Because <laughs> I can't like, I want just like, mm-hmm. ugh. I want to bring her back in, but uh, mm-hmm. you obviously can't. She's very, she's almost as tall as me. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was, that was my starting point was yeah. the, it was funny. My starting point for working with you was my fed up point and mm-hmm. my end point of everything else. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of interesting. Yeah. No, I, I remember you saying, I think it was, I think you said it was like swimming, swimming became a dad activity. It yeah, 100% became a dad it, activity. It wasn't she wasn't malicious by it. It was just this was a learned oh. behavior. Like mom doesn't yeah. mom doesn't do swimming as a dad activity. And <laughs> and for you that it was I remember when you told me and I mean even now as you're saying it, I can still hear the kind of like and see the pain. But like you were crying. Oh my god, like this. welling up just thinking mm-hmm. about it. Because it was like I have and we talked about this and I hate to do it, but it's just like listen we all recognize the short time that we have with our kids and, and the, mm-hmm. the, the days are long <laughs> and the years are very, very short. And, very and, short. and it's, we recognize like, listen, how much, how many more opportunities do we have where, where she wants to ask, you know, right. like how many more summers right. do we have where she wants to ask? And I don't want to be the one saying no when I have the shot and then regret, not taking advantage of it 
when she's not asking anymore. And it's, it's like, right. you don't, you know, and so the stakes for you were, were as high as they could get, but there was a tangible thing for you that was like, I can't, I can't stay here. Cause mm -hmm. if I stay here, this, this feeling is just awful. Oh, it's, um, it, it was, it was awful. Like to the point where you're like, I, it was like, it was kind of killing you a little bit. It was like, mm -hmm. this is, this is devastating. Um, and so when you get to the point of like, I don't remember exactly when we talked, but I think it was like in the fall or something like that when we originally I think talked. so. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so. something where it was like next summer, this is not on the table. Yep. Like I'm, I'm swimming next summer. I don't care. Like mm -hmm. if, if I'm going to do it, even if she doesn't ask me kind of thing, when you get <laughs> to that point where it's like, this is not like, it's not a question of whether or not I, I do this, like this has to get done. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, I have clients who are, you know, you have a, a heart issue and then doctors like, listen, if you, if you don't do this, like you're, you're, you may not be here. And so it's not a question of, Oh, like, can I get myself up to do this? Am I mo motivated enough to do this? It's like, no, I, I need to do this or, or nothing, right? Like there's no, or like, I have to do yeah. this. Like there's not, there's not yeah. a choice in the matter for me. Yeah. Um, so we need to identify a point a that's, that's a place that's so uncomfortable and the stakes are so high that we can't go back. And it might feel, and, and this is where we have to recognize it doesn't have to always be that way. Okay. But if we're talking about like true life change and you've been like doing this for a long time and you're like, why can't I ever stick with this? Mm -hmm. This is what you have to have. Okay, if you're like, you know, I mean, I'd like to lose, you know, five ish pounds, you know, that'd be nice. Like, that's fine. But, you know, the, it's a, we're not having the same conversation. Like, this is probably right. not for you. Um, or the whole, like, I need to get in shape for my wedding. You're setting an expiration date for fitness. Well, <laughs> like, so, but I'll, that, well, go. so this is, I'll, I'll tell this story because I, I, I don't know if I've told it on, on here before, because this is, this is what it was for me was mm -hmm. I had run this roller coaster forever. And I was like, I'm just going to get in really good shape for the wedding. Fully expected to be back out of shape six months later. But then I started doing it and I was like, why am I doing this if I know that it's not going to be who I am? Like, why am I going to stand up there and ask Megan, you know, commit to Megan my, my life if the person that she's going to stand across from is not going to be the person who's standing across from her in six months? Mm -hmm. Not just from a physical standpoint, but like if I can't stick with this, like how am I supposed to be a husband? How am I supposed to be a father if I can't do just the most, if I can't take care of me, how am I going to help take care of her? Not that she needs taken mm -hmm. care of, but like care for her. How am I going to care for my right. kids? Like that was, but again, that was the, that's a, that's a point A where you can't stay. Mm -hmm. Right. So notice the difference there. The point A that I originally had where I had kept on failing was, oh, I just want to get in good shape for the wedding. Mm -hmm. That's you know, I don't want to, I don't want to look kind of crummy for the wedding. For me, that wasn't enough motivation. That might be for you, 
right? You have to establish where it is. But like, for me, it was like, eh, you know, I, I, I'd like to be look good for the wedding. Mm-hmm. The thing that was the point A that's like, okay, I actually have to do this differently was I, if I can't take care of myself, I, I don't know what I'm inviting her into. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a point A that I'm like, okay, I have to, I have to make a real change here. Mm-hmm. So now you leave. Okay. We're leaving. Leave point A. Point B, this is where people again, leave this a little bit too surface level. So notice how we went deeper with point mm-hmm. A. And this is, so before I go here, it's, it's the five whys or the three whys is, is kind of the exercise that you can run on this. So if, if you're like, why can't I stay here? Whatever. Okay. I, I don't feel good in my, in my skin. Well, why is that a problem? Well, you know, then I, I don't, I don't feel good, you know, on, on the beach with, with my, my daughter. Well, yeah. Why is, why is that a problem? Well, because then I won't go swimming with her. Mm-hmm. Why does that bother you? Well, because at some point she stopped asking me to go swimming with her. Well, why does that make you sad? Well, now I'm not part of that area of her life and I'm not mm-hmm. the mom that I always thought I would be and I'm missing mm-hmm. these moments. Mm-hmm. Now we've hit it. You've hit it. But yeah. it took us going to that depth by asking the question, why, 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 until you hit a point where you're like, that's an uncomfortable place. Mm-hmm. Once you hit it an uncomfortable place, now you've you've reached the true why. You've reached the true point A. So now we got to think about, it's not just, oh, I can't stay here. Right. Mm-hmm. Because when people bugged out in New York City in 2020, a lot of them didn't have a place to go. Right. And so you're just wandering aimlessly. Right. You have to have a destination in order yeah. to have it be worth going to. And it also has to be something at some point to keep drawing you forward. Right. At some point, you're like, OK, I can't go back. But what's going to keep me going forward? And so this is point B. And again, we go one step further with point B which is not just, okay, I'd like to lose 10 or 15 pounds. Again, that's, that can be the goal, right? Or I want to, you know, get my blood pressure under control or my diabetes medication, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, but the, can, the question is why? So I give this analogy all the time. Let's say you wanted to go to Paris, right? Point B is Paris. Cool. Mm-hmm. You're just going to go to the airport. Like, that's not enough of a draw. Mm-hmm. That's not enough for you to, to give up a week and all the money. And like, what do you want to do in Paris? Mm-hmm. Well, I want to go see some things. Well, what do you want to see? Well, I want to see the Eiffel Tower. Well, why do you want to see the Eiffel Tower? No, I want to sit on a picnic blanket by the Eiffel Tower and eat bread and wine and cheese. And while a strolling violinist and a mime walk by. I want to stand in front of the Mona Lisa and, and see it mm-hmm. and smell it and take whatever it is, whatever the thing mm-hmm. is that you want to do. It has to be something so tangible that you can taste it, that you can smell mm-hmm. it, that you, that you're like, I cannot wait mm-hmm. to experience this in real life. This thing that mm-hmm. I've been envisioning and the thing that you're like, I'm so confident this is going to be even better than I thought it would be, right? Like things that live up to the hype, like the Grand Canyon. Have you ever seen the Grand Canyon? 
It's unbelievable. Grand Canyon is one of the few things that you can't overhype. Nope. <laughs> it is unbelievable. You can't describe how incredible it is. Like, there you, aren't you, words. It cannot be overhyped, right? And yeah. so you're like, oh, you go, you want to go to the Grand Canyon and you're like, the knowing you're not going to get disappointed sort of mm -hmm. thing. That's point B. Mm -hmm. Where you can taste it. You can, so it's like, I want to lose 10 or 15 pounds. Well, why is that important to you? Well, if I lose 10 or 15 pounds, I, there, there's a good chance that I'll feel a little bit more comfortable in my skin. Well, why is that important to you? Well, then I'll put, you know, I'll, I'll be more willing to build on a bathing suit. Well, why is that important to you? Well, now I'm going to be able to go swimming with M. Well, why is that important to you? Well, the moment that M comes up to me and says, mommy, go swimming with me and I can say yes, how's that going to feel? Really, really good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like taste it. And it doesn't always have to be related to point A, right? But the idea of like, I want this so badly. So I'll tell this story because uh, I'm posting this today, but this podcast won't come out for a couple of weeks. You remember this commercial a couple of years ago of the grandfather with the kettlebell and the Christmas tree star? Do you remember this oh commercial? Oh my God. So already tearing up. I love that commercial. So I'm posting this today with like me kind of sh sharing this lesson. So if you haven't seen it, go back to my Instagram at the point that this is coming out and you can see it from two weeks ago. It's Friday, December 8th today. And I'm posting this today. But there was a commercial that went pretty viral a couple of years ago, understandably so. And as Amy described, it's a tearjerker, like, like oh, immediately bawling uh, when mm -hmm. it happens. But the, the premise of it is there's a grandfather who the whole commercial is like he's got this big kettlebell and he pulls it out and he like can't even barely lift it and he's trying and he's trying and he's trying and he's training you know like a little rocky montage like puts on his sweatsuit and he's going out there and he's training it and he lifts it up and he pushes it out forward in front of him like 90 degrees to his body like that's the thing that you're training for and you're like what is he training for and there's a picture motion. it's a weird motion but he's got a picture in front of him Every time he trains, like a picture in a picture frame, every single time. And he's looking at it. And then you get to the end and he's like all dressed up and you're like, holy crap, is this guy going to a funeral? Like what the heck is going on? And he walks into his, presumably his daughter's house and his little granddaughter, I'm going to lose it. His little granddaughter <laughs> comes to the top of the stairs and like smiles, runs down and gives him a hug and he pulls out the star for the Christmas tree and goes over and somebody like brings over a ladder or whatever, like they're going to do. And he's like, no, 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 I got it. And he hands her the star and he picks her up and pushes her forward. That same motion that he's been doing. And she gets to put the star on the top of the tree. And it's this moment where he had as strong of a point B as anybody ever mm -hmm. he like this is the specific moment that i want and he trained for it and and the whole thing is like it's getting hard and he can't do it and he's like i don't know if i can get myself up for this and he's like waking up early in the morning he's doing it it's hard but he can like he's like i don't i don't care how hard this is i want that more than i don't want to do the hard mm-hmm because he could taste this moment of like, how amazing is this going to be when I can pick up my little granddaughter and do this and the smile on her face and the whole thing. And 
and that makes all of it worth it. But if he was just like, oh, I, I'd like to get in shape, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to play with my grandkids, that's that's a good point B. Sure. But you go that much deeper and he's got the picture of her in front of him where he's like, he can envision this moment. Mm-hmm. He can like picture the smile. And then it's when it happens, it's so much better than he could have possibly drawn up in his head. Like it doesn't disappoint. That's a point B worth pursuing. Mm-hmm. Oh, love that commercial. Yeah. If you haven't seen that commercial, definitely go watch my Instagram page if you want a good cry. But the, but the idea is it's not just about, oh, I'd like to lose some weight and things like that. That's the what, Mm -hmm. right? But the why you go layers deep, that's going to be the thing that drives you when the stakes are too high for you to give up. Mm -hmm. And that changes also Mm -hmm. along the journey. Like it's okay for that to change. And and so I also want to I want to make sure that I'm super clear on this because I did a post about this the other day. And I got a little bit of uh you know some people who it resonated with, which is it's not vain to have aesthetic goals. Mm-hmm. It's not vain to want to look different or more confident or whatever. Like one person's point B is not any better than another person's, right? Like, oh, I want to be healthy for my kids, right? Like that's the one that we maybe think that we need to, and that can be part of it, mm-hmm. certainly. But if we're talking about for you, like the main driver for you, the main driver was not, I want to be healthy long-term for my kids. That was part of it. For, yeah, it's that was, always going to be a part of it. It was part of it. And, and I think maybe now that's become more of a part of it than it mm-hmm. was. And so that's how it can shift. But the main driver for you was not that. And so mm-hmm. pretending that this is like the the better goal, like, oh, we shouldn't, you know, care about how our body looks or whatever it is, or I should be doing this for my health or, you know, for my kids or whatever. Like those, if that's your driver, let it be your driver, mm-hmm. you know, but like there's nothing wrong with having your point B be. I want to look and feel better in my clothes mm-hmm. or, or lose some weight or, or whatever, or like, I want to feel good naked, like in front of my spouse. Like that was the original thing for me. It was like, I want to feel good when I'm naked on my wedding night. And, but it goes deeper. Like that's part of it. So you can, I don't care what it is, but it has to be true for you. If you're pretending that it is, if you're th- picking a goal that you feel like it ought to be, you're not going to stick with it because it doesn't matter mm-hmm. enough to you. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. So you have to be honest with yourself about what it is that you actually want and be okay with the fact that the goal can and will likely shift as you go. So like at the beginning for you, initially, even when we started working together, the goal was to be smaller mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that goal. Mm-hmm. But then you came in one day 
and you told me that you put on a pair of pants and they didn't fit because they were too small around your butt because yes, you had grown your glutes and you were happy about it. I was thrilled I have a butt. <laughs> like, how different is that from yeah. what it would have been? And again, there's nothing wrong with if you had gone the other direction, right? If you would, you know what I mean? But like, your point B determines how you feel about certain things. Yeah. And it's okay for that to shift. But at least at some point, you got to be honest with yourself about what it is that that is going to be. Yeah. I mean, my, my goal shifted from being smaller to being stronger, which are, they can go hand in hand, but on me, they just don't like, I don't Mm -hmm. get smaller when I get stronger. I Mm -hmm. stay the same when I get stronger. So like, it's, it's a different mindset, Mm -hmm. a little bit of a, a switch. Yeah. So I'll tell this story. I think we're actually going to be, we're going to be under an hour today. I'm really proud of us. Um, Maybe we should record earlier in the morning yeah. every week. I think it all depends on the topic. It dep- well, it, I think it's also because we've recorded this one before. So I'm like maybe not saying some things that I said the first time. Because I think the first time we did this, it was over an hour. And I'm like... Well, I think it was like an hour and a half. I'm either, I'm either more efficient or I'm just not saying things that I said last time. It's okay. Uh, when we're done, I can do a, a dramatic reading of the, uh, of the Polar Express. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I'll tell this story. I'll, I'll tell kind of two stories. So for me, and and I'll make I'll make these analogies a lot. But I tell I tell people this all the time. It's for me the same. All of the things that I'm saying in any of this, for me currently, because the fitness thing has kind of become a little bit of a part of my life, mm-hmm. and so at some point it stops being this intense, right? Like you don't necessarily need to have like, all right, I have wicked intense goals and why, like, I don't have a point A that I can't stay at right now. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And I have some goals that I want to get to, but it's okay if I don't, I'm not going to pursue them as relentlessly because I'm, I'm okay. And that's, that's a, it's a weird thing to get to when you've constantly been in the, and, and a client said this to me yesterday. Uh, she said, it's wild to me that now I can, I, she's like, I love sports especially during football season. She's like, I love listening to sports and sports podcasts and things like that. She's like, on my commute in, I'm listening to sports podcasts now, as opposed to listening to weight loss and self-improvement podcasts, which is what I've always listened to for the longest time. But I don't need to go. She's like, I don't even read all of your posts anymore. I used to go and read every single thing that you wrote or Dan Rosenthal or Jordan Syed or any of these people. I used to go and read everything you wrote. It was like almost an obsession with, all right, I got to figure this out. Like it was all my brain powers, all my thing. She's like, it's just not anymore. Like I'm, I'm able to have other interests besides just losing weight because I know that I'm just, I'm on the right path and I'm doing the thing. And so at some yep. point it stops becoming this and it's a weird thing, but you can get into a place where like, I, I'm going to say this, this is a weird thing to say. I would love for you to get to a point where you don't feel like you need to listen to this podcast. Maybe you do. Maybe you continue to because you like me and Amy and, and there's things to We're learn. We're very entertaining. But at some point, I would, if you're listening, I mean, if you're 45 minutes into this one and you're still listening to it, and, and I'd love for you to get to a point where you're like, no, I'm good. Like, I'm mm-hmm. going to go listen to something else. I'm going to listen to whatever, true crime or whatever. That things that I know that's after your heart. That's Megan's <laughs> thing, too. I'm the sports talking head guy. Like, that's what I like to listen to. What? That's, that's uh, shocking. Yeah. 
Shocking. Well, I can't actually watch sports anymore because 20 minutes in, I have to change it to Bluey. (sighs) (laughs) Bluey's dad is fantastic. (laughs) He's he's just, I saw a meme about Bluey's dad. He's like, being a a good dad felt attainable. And so we started getting compared to this frigging guy. Because he's like, you know, the perfect dad. And you're like, man, I feel like a schmuck. Like, I can't, I can't live up to He Bluey's does have dad. a lot of energy to play. I will give him well, that. Well, I mean, he's a, a, he's a fictitious animated dog dad. You know, it's it's not, yeah. it's not fair to compare yourself to. But anyway. Um, but what I well, the reason why I, I want to share all this is, is for me, all of these things now apply that used to apply to the, to the fitness side of things now apply for me for my business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I have a point A and I have a point B that I'm pursuing. I have, I have things that I need to execute on. Just like with fat loss, we had the seven, you know, building blocks of fat mm-hmm. loss. I have the four building blocks of my business. The four C's um, are the building blocks of, of my business. I have the things that make my business easier to get to. I have a coach for my business. I have peers in my business. I have all of these things that are relevant, like it, it, this is translatable for anything, mm-hmm. right? For any goal, anything that you want to pursue. But the point B example is this. So I'll, I'll give this point A and this point B and the reason why it was the shift for me, why I stopped going back. So I started training in 2019. I was, and I was doing it kind of part-time uh, for a while. And I had what, like I left teaching and then I had kind of a bridge, um, kind of job as I as I got my training business off the ground, which I was running the photo booth business for weddings. Mm-hmm. And then in March of 2020, nobody no more weddings, right? And who knows when those are going to come back. And so like that source of income was gone. And then um, three weeks later, my oldest son was believe I was born. And so it was like, okay, I have to, you know, make something of this training thing, or do I go back mm-hmm. to teaching? Or do I, you know, go get a nine to five job and do analytics? And it was always, I would kind of go in waves for about 18 months until just after the twins was born, were born, where I would have a wave where I would be like, okay, I'm going to do the things that I am trying to do to grow my business. You know, and I would, I would get a mentor and I would do this stuff for a little bit. I, and then I'd hit like a roadblock and I would just not do it for a little bit. Like I wouldn't post for six months or I wouldn't send any messages or, or whatever. And so I'd be like, oh, I'm not getting any clients. And then it's like, okay, do I go? And I'd, I'd go on Indeed and I'd look up analyst jobs and, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go find a job. And then I'm like, oh no, I, I really like what I do. And so then I get another mentor and I would do it, you know, and I, I ran the same cycle. It's the same cycle for mm-hmm. fitness. Mm-hmm. And then the twins were born in November of 21. We bought our house in October of 21. The twins were born in November. And so that was the moment where I was like, okay, I can't, I can't be half in half out anymore on this. Like if I'm, if I'm going to do, I either need to go like leave and go get a a different job or I need to, I need to fully commit to this. And I explored, I interviewed for a job at Timberland, which is right down the road from me, like over the Christmas holidays and, and into January. And I was like, I'm going to explore what this looks like to go do this. Mm -hmm. And then I thought about the cost of it. So if I had gotten the job and now in that process, they restructured, which they had told me in the interview process, like one of the questions I always ask in an interview, 
I mean, always, I haven't had an interview besides that in a while, but I was like, what's the best thing about working there? What's the worst thing about working there? Yeah. I, yeah. I phrase it better, but, um, and they were like, well, it's, it's tricky because we've had, we've gone through some restructures and in the process of my interview, they restructured again. So the guy that was going to potentially be my boss, like got moved to a different department, two people that I interviewed with got let go. Like it was crazy. And so then mm -hmm. they came back. And so I thought about it when I was thinking about this job is like, this is a secure job, right? Like this is a, you know, I'm going to go get a nine to five. And, and while I may not love it as much, like, you know, it'll be stable salary and, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, all these kinds of things. But one, it wasn't. And two, mm -hmm. like my kids were going to all have to be in daycare all the time. Yeah. Versus I wasn't going to be able to, to be around them as much as I am currently. Um, and I, I mean, I, I like doing analytics It's fine, but like, I love what I do. Like I haven't had a real job in four and a half years. Like, I feel like I've been on vacation for this amount of time and it's a unique thing. So I would be that that's the cost to it. So I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do, go do this thing. I got to make training work. It's what I'm going to do. And so it's like, okay, well, I can't, I can't say I'm not going to go do these things and then not fully commit to training mm -hmm. because the cost of this is we're going to lose our house. Mm -hmm. Whether or not we actually would have, I don't know, but it's like, I have to, I have to make a real living at this. Yep. And so that's like, okay, I can't stay doing what I've been doing. I have to do something different. And I invested in a mentorship more than I had ever spent. It was like more than any, all of the other ones that I had done combined. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do everything that they say. And I executed and I executed and I started to see it grow, but then it started to be, no, this is where it shifts. When I first started out, I was like, they, you know, they say, all right, what are your goals? What are you trying to pursue? And there are people who are great coaches in this mentorship who have multi, multi six figure, seven figure businesses, like make hundred thousand dollars a month, have hundreds of clients mm -hmm. and, and, and do that piece. And so there's, there's an avenue for me to get there if I wanted to, to pursue that with my business. But those people often don't coach as much anymore, right? They're, mm -hmm. they're just, they're running a business now. They've hired other coaches that work for them. And now they're transforming tons of lives and making a good living for themselves and, and doing, but they're not coaching as much anymore. They're, they're running a business mm -hmm. in the process of, of doing this. I've, there were plenty of people who told me that I should stop coaching in person because of yeah. the time, like from a, from a ROI on my time, like strictly like what I get paid to go and train at the gym. It is a mm -hmm. waste of my time from a money perspective, mm -hmm. but there's more to it than that. Mm -hmm. There's more to it than that. Like you and I would never have met if I didn't coach at the gym, right? Accurate. Like, That's what I'm thinking. You have to run these decisions by me. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, but I love it. I love doing it. And in the same thing with the, the business, like I, I love the coaching piece of it. Like, I don't really have a desire and maybe I will at some point, but I don't really have a desire to hire another coach mm -hmm. to do coaching. I don't want somebody to 
like I have a hard time right now. Like I've kind of let go of the youth training at the, at the school or at the, at the gym because um, it just doesn't work for me to be at the gym until six, six thirty, seven yeah. o'clock every, you know, multiple nights a week. Cause I want to be home yeah. with my kids. But there's a like, so I'm like, there's another coach kind of doing that for me. And I, and I don't love that. I don't love that feeling. Like I, I want to be there for the clients as best I can. And mm-hmm. so for me, the point B is different from somebody else's point B, even in my mentorship of like, I'm at the kind of the top end of this even now, like levels up. So there are people in my calls that I do regularly that are making like what I make in a year, they make in less than a month. You know what I mean? Like from a revenue perspective, which is yeah. bonkers and is. and good for them. But, yeah. and their point B is different from my point B. And part of it is it's informed by my life. Like I'm, <laughs> there, training is a little bit of a single person's game. It doesn't mean yes. that you can't do it. But it's, it's, it's a, I am unique, not unique, but I am in the minority, the, the severe minority being not just married, but like having three kids, three and under, like mm-hmm. nobody has that. No. Nobody has that in the, like, I have not yet come across another coach who is in my has Like I've come across other coaches that have kids but maybe they're further apart or maybe they're older. Like I have not, that doesn't mean that they're not out there, but I've yet to interact with another coach that has that. When I went to Edmonton or I went to Dallas or I went to these things, like almost everybody there is not leaving behind kids <laughs> to go to these things. It doesn't mean that you can't. And, and John Goodman, who runs the mentorship that I'm part of, who's one of the you know great leaders in the industry. I was talking to him in Edmonton and he, uh, he was talking about business. And so he came on there and he was like, I was at an event. I don't know which event it was, but he was like, woman was up there and she's, you know, 40s and, and married, but no kids and has is a badass, like grown an amazing business. But she's on there talking about mm-hmm. like all of her different funnels that she does and, and all of these types of things that to, to you know, for her launches that she does. And And he looked and he was like, there were 17 speakers at this event. 14 of them have no kids. Mm-hmm. Of the three that have kids, two of them already had grown their businesses to be very successful before they had kids. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's a different, it's a different game. And so my goal, my point B is not to have the biggest revenue business that I could possibly have or the most clients that I could possibly have, which is counterintuitive. Because why else would you be in business? But my point B is I want to help as many people as I can while still being able to prioritize and and be like right now, people are like kind of mind blown by this. I, I basically never work past 3 p.m. Because mm-hmm. that's when Megan gets home from school and we go get the kids. So I almost never work past 3 p.m. Like I'll occasionally do a random thing, but it's it's the minority. On Wednesdays, I have the twins home with me all day. Like I go to the gym for to teach a class, but that's it. So if mm-hmm. if they get a nap, I can get, you know, a little bit of work done. But that's 
you know, they, they napped for 45 minutes this Wednesday. And so I got like, I showered and I got something else done. Mm -hmm. And then on Mondays, I have them with me in the morning. And then I have a, a babysitter who comes over while they nap so that I can go and do a little bit more things. So I work, I think I did the math on it, taking, including time that I'm at the gym. I work like 23 hours a week or something like that compared to mm -hmm. people in my mentorship who don't have any of that, who work 60, 70. And there's nothing wrong with that. They love it okay. and they want to. And there's part of me that's like, if I didn't have kids, I might work that many. Yeah. I don't know. Like I like it enough to do it, but rich for me is not just about the money. Like the point B for me is not just about the money. It's, it's, I want to have the business that allows me to do the things that I want to do during this stage of my kid's life. Because I know that in four years, we were talking about this before we started in four years, my kids are going to be in school. Yeah. And I'm going to be able to work five days a week from when they're, you know, in school until the afternoon. And then even then I could maybe do a little bit because they're going to be older and they're going to be a little bit more autonomous. So if I need to like, mm -hmm. all right, go play for a little bit and, and do it. But like right now they want to play with me yeah. when they're home. And so I want to play with them as best I can. Mm -hmm. um, no, I'm not great. You know, I'm not perfect at it, but I want to have the opportunity. You're no Bluey's dad. I'm no Bluey's dad. Though we have some cool games that have, have, have you know, Bluey type game names. Mm -hmm. silly pickups is one of them. Like, I feel like that could be the name of a bluey episode is silly pickups. Mm -hmm. I feel like that has a blueys, a bluey episode name to it. Yeah. But again, coming back to it. So all, all this to say when I first started out, when it was just me and, and Megan and Levi, I was like, Psh, I could make a hundred thousand dollars a month. Like it's not that hard. And I could, <laughs> If I worked, if I worked 60, 70 hours a week and was willing to hire a bunch of people and I could, mm -hmm. like, there's no, there's nothing stopping me, but I don't really want to. Mm -hmm. And at some point, maybe that changes. Like when we talked about when, when Megan leaves teaching and I'm the, the primary income for our family and she does her photography Maybe it makes a little bit more sense then for me to to be like, okay, now's the time for me to try to grow the business to a certain point and, and revenue and, and income and what we pay ourselves matters a little bit more. But right now mm -hmm. time is the is the barometer. And it's the same thing, mm -hmm. I think, for everybody with their fitness. Like it's at some points it might be I want to look and feel more confident, but then it's like I want to get stronger. Then it's like, oh, my heart, you know, I lost a, a close person close to me because of a preventable disease and mm -hmm. I want to take better care of my health or like, Oh, I'm, I'm having pain. I'm going to focus more on my mobility. Like the point B can move with mm -hmm. you. We got to have one that's worth pursuing. Mm -hmm. And it's what you, what you truly actually want. Like not what you think you ought to want. Like what I think I ought to want is to have a million dollar business. It's very easy for me to be like, I, I ought to want this. Mm -hmm. I ought to want 100,000 Instagram followers. I don't want 100,000 Instagram followers. I really don't. I like genuinely would, would rather not have that. Because I can't do the things that I do on social media if I have 100,000 followers. I just can't. Like I'm, I'm happier with the, the amount that I have. 
but I ought to want more followers, right? And some people might. I just don't. And it's okay to, to not want things that you feel like you should want or to want things that maybe you're like, I don't know if I, it's okay for me to want that. Like if you want it, want it, own it. Mm-hmm. Thoughts, anything? We can leave it there. Yeah, we can leave it there. I think that was pretty, pretty great. It was a long, you're pretty great. It was a longer hmm. story than I thought it was going to be at the end about my business, but I feel like it helps frame all future conversations. Yeah, because it's also like many of the things that you talk about here are transferable to other parts of life. So it's important to see examples of how. Yeah. So that you're not just, because we can become hyper-focused on, on one aspect of our life mm-hmm. because that's just human nature. We tend to hyper-focus, or at least my family. Mm-hmm. I think we all do. Yeah. Um, So it's important to see that these are transferable skills. 100%. So I'm going to leave you with this. Sure. I'm ready. Thinking about point A and point B. And again, how do you, how do you do this? Right. You got to, you got to write them down. Like this is the first assignment that I have every client do. Email me your point A and your point B. And if I'm like, you haven't gone deep enough. I'm like, all right, go deeper than this. Mm -hmm. Ask why a couple more times. But own the starting point. Take the before photo. It's going to suck, right? Mm-hmm. Because the the point B is the easier thing. It doesn't mean that it's not important to have, but it's the easier thing. But own the starting point. And, and so I, I heard this from somebody that I, I want to share. Uh, he said it really, really well. His name's Alex Hormozzi. Um, he said, low, low points are the things that define us if we expand our time horizon. Meaning that if we zoom out, the low point is the thing that defines all the high points. Like the high mm-hmm. points are all relative to the low points. Mm-hmm. So be grateful for the hard because it's what makes the the awesome so much better. Mm-hmm. It's like a parenting thing, right? Transferable. The parenting thing is this. Parents get the hardest part of their kids. Mm-hmm. they get just all the all the hard but they also get the best mm-hmm. they get you get the moments as a parent that nobody else gets and it's because you do the hard that you get the best mm-hmm. i was just spitting bars that was awesome we're gonna end it there that was fantastic you could do anything Hard for 10 seconds. <laughs> that was so bad. Oh, that's the worst. Uh, I have to tell the story now. Uh, I thought we were going to end it, but we have to. I have to tell the story now. So uh, <laughs> one of the, and I'm going to make a lot of moms mad right now, but it was meant to be a joke. So I say all the time when I'm training people and then we're like holding something or we're doing something. I was like, you can do anything for 10 seconds. Like like hold something and I'm like, you can do anything for 10 seconds. Like it's really hard. So Megan was in class yesterday and she, we were talking about something and she was like, I told her basically, she was like, I've never cursed during labor. And I was like, no, you did. You cursed at me. And she's like, when? I was like, well, I deserved it. I'm going to, I'm going to preface this with, I deserved it. Like I a hundred percent deserved it. And this was meant as a joke, but it was not the right time for a joke. (laughs) 
So she was pushing our oldest son out and there were like 10 more seconds. And I thinking she would get it, not thinking about the fact that she's in incredible pain and also had an epidural and has been in labor for nine hours. I was like, you can do anything for 10 seconds. And all the nurses looked at me like I was the biggest <laughs> jerk. Like, and she record screech, stop. Un- like- understandably was very, <laughs> she was like, you're, that was the dumbest thing. you've ever. And I'll, I'll own, it was not, not a good moment for me. It was meant to be funny. It did not land. I didn't read the room very well. It was also a little bit of an uncomfortable moment for me. And I didn't know what to do with myself. I'm like, I'm like two minutes from being a dad. And I'm like, not sure how to be. But it wasn't a great moment. It was not a great moment. Um, but you know what? It makes for a great story. <laughs> I feel like a lot of my stories are me doing dumb things. Uh, but Those are the best. They're most entertaining. Just not great. Uh, well, we were going to end it on like a high point for me. And we just ended on such a low. <laughs> such a low point for me. Oh, man. Oh, but a high point for me. Yeah. Just so giggle. brutal. So brutal. <laughs> really bad so uh any any husbands listening right uh pro tip not a good thing to say uh you can do it honey is is really the only thing to say or really just shut up and just be there (laughs) like might be the best advice um (laughs) but uh yeah so own your a and b start with y but go go a little bit beyond that um, and if you want a good cry, go watch my post from uh, Friday, December 8th, because uh, it's a good one. So good. We'll see you next time on see you next the time. Fit Parent Podcast. Thanks, guys. Bye.